Welcome back to the boys dynasty fantasy football podcast. I'm your co-host Josh Schaefer here as always, although you, you never know what can happen, but as always has been pretty frequently with my co-host Sloan Schaefer. Sloan, say hi. Boys, boys, boys. We're back. How's it going, everyone? Great to be here. This league has gone seven days with no drama. That's the it's been a nice, peaceful week since the last time we talked. Boring I'm week. Be a part of it. Am I right? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You're probably anyway. bored of us. Yeah, we've got someone here to spice it up. Matt, Matt's here with us to talk his team. Matt, Matt, say hi to the boys. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, Matt. Welcome to the Glad pod. To be here. Yeah. Good to have you on. You know, you you, Mike, and Brian honestly deserve to go first talking about your team with the offseason work you put in and, you know, with the weekly rankings. We'll give you the privilege of talking about your teams early, getting ahead of everyone. Um, but we'll get to that later. First off, we got to go over last week. It was an exciting week. Um, the league is really starting to find its top and bottom at this point. Uh, you know, teams have absolutely pulled away, but we still had some surprising finishes. Uh, Sloan, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on last week? Anything stand out to you? I had some observations, but I want to hear what you were thinking about last week's results. Uh, I you posted something about this in the group. Me, not a lot of parity. Um, when you look at the league standings as a whole, and not much last week outside of on good, really stepping it up, coming in third yeah. place, which really out of the blue. I don't think anybody expected that. Um, Brian finishing last. In, in a big way as well. I mean, not very close to the next uh, finishers ahead of him. Um, but you and I at the top, um, Dylan always up there being very consistent. And then really just a mess in the, the middle with those teams who are hoping for that fourth and final playoff spot, but are still trying to figure out whether it's worth it to... Uh... <laughs> Am no, we lost him. He's back. He's back now. All right, I we're back. You're about to say it was a mess in the middle. Was that? It was right? a mess. I think it was a mess in the middle, like it has been <laughs> lately. And I think it's the the teams that are trying to get to that fourth playoff spot. Uh, and someone I think needs to make some big moves to actually get to that fourth playoff spot, or else it's not going to be worth it not making the playoffs and not having a high draft pick. Um, yeah. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I agree. Ongood's team had nine non-QB touchdowns. That is an insane number. That is yep. like, that's 54 points of non-QB touchdowns. Um, that's a lot. I mean, he had a great week. You know, Deontay Foreman stepped up for him. Alvin Kamara, he had a good week from Dak. Dak looked like he was going to go nuclear this week, just in the first quarter. He right. had like three touchdowns in the first quarter yeah i was watching that game and i'm like geez josh is gonna beat me and then i, I realized know. oh he doesn't have him anymore thank goodness <laughs> yeah i just had jalen hurts instead who i think right. actually may have ended up putting up uh he did put up more points than dak but yeah I, you know the rich it was a huge scoring week for the league i mean like you said brian's team was abysmal but outside of that just about everybody was had a pretty strong performance mike so. putting up 146 that's a heck of a week Mike had 114, 114. I think 114, you might be back. what am I looking at? You might be at week seven. Oh. Week eight. Mike week eight. putting up 114, hey. Hey, <laughs> it's still incredible. Putting up For him putting up 114 on Chiefs bye week is 
out of this world. No Good Juju, point. Marquez, pa- uh, Pat Mahomes. I think he was expecting firmly to finish in last place after this week. And honestly, the table is falling together perfectly for him, you know, where he's not a ringer for last place. And, you know, there's still some, some good opportunity for him to have like the, the first two or three picks. So big win for Mike this week, I'd say overall, you know, outside of that, Tommy only getting, one extra spot on Matt with 158 points. That sucks. Like 158 could be a top score in the league kind of week. So to right. only gain one table point on Matt is pretty rough. Matt's team just continues to stick in there, Matt. I know, I know, I don't think you would have thought of yourself quite as a playoff contender going into the season. How are you feeling about your team now? Or just any other thoughts on the week, you know, with with how you performed? Yeah. So, I mean, the last two weeks, honestly, and my mindset of how I watch my team over the next five weeks is strictly comparing myself to Tommy. How am I doing in relation to him? Because in reality, like the two of us are not catching you Sloan or Dylan in terms of points. Um, And unless something drastic happens, I don't necessarily know that anybody else catches us. So it's really the two of us fighting for four. Um, So I was intently watching the scores. And when Nick Chubb freaking got that first touchdown and the second touchdown, and I'm looking at my team and T Higgins has like two catches for eight yards. And I was like, God, I'm Tommy just passed Dylan. Like I can't do it. Um, You know, I got to, I got to jump back up and get in there and, you know, T got a touchdown. Cooper got a touchdown. Like it was, it was very good for me. So I was, you know, made some gains to minimize the damage this week, but I think it's going to be a fun battle between him and I. It really is coming down to the two of you for the last playoff side. Cause it's a 10 point gap from you to Sloan in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's a 14 point gap from Tommy to Austin. So like the the league is very very clearly set, which kind of sucks that it's happening like so, so early. boring. It's so boring. It's gonna be a really boring regular season. Yeah, I just want to get to the playoffs. And, and I think I will. Well, I was gonna I say point the one this thing out. about the. All right, oh, Matt, you go. No, nope, oh, you yeah. go. Okay, I was gonna say no, this is your podcast, having, man. Having it split up like five and five, like it is, like yeah, it sucks for you and Josh because you're just like penciling for the playoffs. Like, give me week fifteen. That's all I care about. Like I am very excited that there's five teams relatively competing for Waffle House. And with how fluctuating like all of them have been, you know, we just said there's, you know, Mike's not a shoe in now. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that any one of, you know, on good Brian, that's true. Mike, um, Austin, like go to Waffle House. So, you know, we're not seeing an exciting like playoff race, but I think the Waffle House race is going to be way better than last year. If you look at the uh, total fantasy points per manager, you, Matt, and Tommy are very close, and you actually have less total points than Tommy does, even though you're in fourth place and he's in fifth. But then between Tommy and Austin, and Josh already kind of pointed this out, huge gap in terms of total fantasy points. So it's a two-horse race for that fourth playoff spot, and uh, that's really the most exciting part. And I really don't think – whoever finishes in first in the regular season, it's really not that 
good of a thing. It doesn't really matter that much. I think did we did end up giving them what a half a table point advantage. It's a tie break, yeah. If which you, is a tie break, but it's still not that great of an advantage. So as long as you're in the top four and you make it to the playoffs, you have a real shot at winning. That's then, true. It's yeah, only a three week playoff too. That's going to be well, huge. That and is a very short amount of time. And that's why it's boring right now. Like I, I know I'm going to make the playoffs, Josh. You know you're going to make the playoffs. I don't know, dude. Like playoffs. you get, say you get two injuries on your team. Like it is a long road to, like right. Honestly, it would benefit all of the top three teams right now if the playoffs were next week because the top three teams are all pretty healthy right now. Two injuries to any of our teams. Even just one big injury, like if if one of your QBs goes down, like that's a game changing thing, especially with a week 10 trade deadline. You know, you're going to have to survive four weeks hoping that nobody gets injured. There's a lot of things that can happen in there. I'm not totally penciling it in. And I can say every week I watch fantasy football like I am like on the edge of, you know, missing the playoffs or not going home because say Matt and Tommy finish one, two next week and you just throw up a total dud, like two weeks of that, like then the race heats up immediately. So, you know, 10 points is a, is a good cushion. And, and I think if we get one or two more weeks where it's just the three of us at the top or, you know, in the top half, then I think at that point, it's pretty much, pretty much locked, but the injuries are going to be the big thing. I think when we come down the stretch for the postseason. Yeah, it doesn't seem like outside of some teams like Brian, there hasn't been a lot of injury issues, which I think is a good thing. I mean, Dylan has had two starting caliber players go on to IR in Hollywood Brown and J.K. Dobbins, two guys I bet he thought would be. What are you? What are you? What are you squinting at? Those, that's well, I don't know about Hollywood fact. Brown and Dobbins is coming off of an injury, so I think that's also like yeah, he was expected to be good, but it's not like he was already producing for his team and then he got hurt. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. But you know, I mean, I've had Dak now Michael Thomas the stud go down. Um. You know, I think you're the only one who has really, I and, and really in almost the entirety of the league, I think you're the only one who hasn't evaded any kind of substantial injury hit. Well, that, I, mean, I mean, that's why you roster players who don't get hurt. That's you guys true. have a different strategy than me. Which is wild because Sloan's team historically. Is- <laughs> I know, the most yeah. injured players. <laughs> Mostert, McCaffrey. Dalvin yeah, Cook. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook, my goodness. Yeah. You've really, you've really done a number on. Yeah, it's uh, been it's been lucky for me. I'll admit it. And that's and 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 so much of fantasy football is luck. I mean, that's what it really comes down to. At the end of the day, is you can set yourself up to succeed, and that's what I think you're doing, Matt. Like you're just kind of, you know, your team is is fine. Like it's definitely not as good, objectively speaking, as any of the top three teams. But, you know, if you get in the playoffs, something wild can happen over the course of three weeks. It doesn't take much for it to happen. Is that kind of where you were at? And I know we're getting into the trade part of things, but that Amari Cooper trade to me felt very much in line kind of with that mentality. Yeah. So before I touch on the, that trade with Austin, um, I was talking. So I went to the exhibition last night with Mike and I was, you know, we talked about the crazy scoring of this last week and I just like went through and on sleeper, you can see individual players like highest outputs, like overall in our league. 
And Lamar Jackson holds three of the top 10 high, the highest scoring outputs in our league so far. And I just like started thinking to myself, I'm like, man, you get me. Like if I could get there and Lamar goes stupid that first week and him tandem with Mark Andrews, like, you know, crazier things can happen. Now, is it likely? No, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be freaking the St. Peter's of the playoffs. Just happy to be there. Um, but yeah, the deal with Austin, I have been actively trying to improve my wide receiver depth outside of T and AJ Brown. My wide receivers are pitiful. Um, Can we have an overview of that trade? Yeah. Before we so, talk specifics. Yeah. So the deal was I sent Austin. Josh, Zach- stop. It makes it easier for the listener, right? Yeah. I sent Austin- just the people who aren't in our league who are listening to the <laughs> well, podcast. Well, honestly, Austin probably has forgotten what the deal was. Okay. That's true. Even That's though he true. was part of it. I bet this he's wishing those, it didn't happen. Yeah. This is for all those Europeans out there. Yeah. The Germans. This is what happened in the league. So I, I traded away Zach Wilson and Sloan's second round pick. And in for return next year. for next year, for 20, for 2023. And in return, I got Amari Cooper and Austin's own 2023 second round pick. Um, you know, it kind of stinks because I did invest um, like a 2023 first. Um, so, you know, some decent capital, which I expected my first to be late. So it was a late first kind of the headliner to get Zach Wilson. I wanted a younger quarterback. I liked the Garrett Wilson, Elijah more tandem i thought Brees hall was going to be a good pass catching back um and then it turns out that sala only wants to run the ball and you know zach wilson doesn't enjoy throwing it so and zach wilson sucks (laughs) yeah it's not that he doesn't it's not about the running the ball it's that he's bad yeah so i tried to hold face with some value austin really needed a quarterback last week he was interested in malik willis I wanted to hold on to Malik Willis. Uh, so I asked him about uh, Zach Wilson. Um, you know, it was a couple of texts back and forth, but from my vantage point, like I like Amari Cooper a lot. He is, you know, kind of in the, the middle, probably past his, like the high point of his career. I think he still has a few more good seasons left. He's the number one in Cleveland. I like his potential down the line with Sean Watson. I think he could be a really big boost for me. So. And he's like a solid flex play for me right now. So I don't the, have to Jawan Johnson. The thing I like most about that trade, Matt, is that you just went ahead and said, you know what? I don't need a quarterback. I don't need two quarterbacks for week eight or week seven or week nine or whatever the hell week we're in. Uh, week nine and week 10. Uh, oh, both weeks. Wow. That's yeah, tough, neither of my quarter. So, well, prior to this. Wait, you haven't had any QB buys yet and you traded away your third QB? Yeah. Well, so here's the deal. My quarterbacks, between my three quarterbacks, it's week nine, week 10, week 10. So, Oh, it didn't matter. I was going to start. I went from only being able to start one quarterback in week 10 to like starting one quarterback each week. So like I added a week where I can't start a quarterback, but I also like gained Amari Cooper with it. I don't know. It was a risk I was willing to take. Plus interesting. I game planned it ahead of time too. And I looked at other teams buys specifically. If you look at the projections right now, I'm projected to finish fifth only starting one quarterback. So take it for what it's worth, you know, 
I also thought of it too. Like if Tommy can surpass me in like points this week and next week, I still have weeks 11, 12, 13, and 14. And on the back end, buys hit him a lot harder. So I don't know. I think I, my hope is that if I'm within five table points in week 14, I think I could take him. Yeah, I mean, the, the tough part is you have to kind of conquer the Giants and in week 14 that are kind of less impacted by buys. But are you, like, talking trades to try and get a QB right now? Like, any kind of? So I, I asked uh, I asked a couple people uh, for uh, just a, you know, a, a QB. Um, one of them responded and uh, is, in my opinion, holding me for ransom for his – the value of the player I asked. And then the other person, you have to say what it is and who it is. This is, it's a podcast. We got to keep it spicy. I gotcha. I texted Brian about Marcus Mariota. Um, I thought I offered him a fine trade. Like, I don't know, take it as you will. I thought it was a fine trade for Mariota. Brian had other thoughts on Mariota um, and his price point for him is way too high for my liking. So he wanted to keep him. And then I texted Sloan about PJ Walker and he asked me in response, are you only starting a quarterback? And I said, yeah. And then he never engaged in that. I wasn't able to check if you had another quarterback. I was like, if he's asking for PJ Walker, something's wrong. So that's I was why, like, that's why I be. texted. That's why I texted back. Yes, I am starting a quarterback. Right, right, right. I was like, oh yeah, we're in a two quarterback league. That's not good. What was Brian, uh, Brian, uh, what was his asking price? I mean, I don't know what you guys think about my offer. So I offered him Chuba and a or Chuba. I offered him Chuba and a fourth um, for Mariota. Mary, I like. Okay, you know, Josh is giving me the face. Whatever, it's a starting point. Like, I mean, it's just nothing to Brian, though. Is the thing like, it, what does that do for Brian? Right, like, it is. I, I would like. What What about would you have done like Kadarius Tony for Marcus Mariota? Absolutely not. At, like, what about what about like Kadarius? for Mariota in a second. I mean, if I'm getting that back, yeah, but Brian's not going to give up picks like that, you know? I mean, it was just, like, something to get the ball rolling. Brian is being decimated with running back stuff, you know? I was willing, like, I was willing to go more than that, but the way Brian texted me about it, it seemed like he was wanting, like, a straight-up second-round pick for Marcus Mariota. So... Brian has it. Brian that th- also got the stink guy. Just so you know, Brian. Brian that thinks like, that Mariota is going to be starting next year as well, and so he's like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I, he could be. He could, but, but I, yeah, not. I do think it's right. He's QB eight right now. Falcons are in. I believe they're in contention for the division title, right? So, <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Uh, he's only 29. He's only 29. He's winning them games. He's playing well fantasy wise. I think he could definitely start next season. If not in Atlanta, definitely somewhere, but what's Atlanta going to do? Yeah. I mean, wait, you said Sloan, he's QB eight overall in fantasy. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I would not have thought that he was that high. That's not, he's a runner, man. He's QB eight because he had like two weeks of like 30 point performances. But if you look at his recent trends over the last like four weeks, he's averaging like 13 and a half points. Well, which is not, I don't think too bad. 
He had one dud in week four, 2.86 points against Cleveland. But outside of that, I mean, he's been an okay quarterback, a guy that I think a lot of people would be happy to have on their roster. The other, the other thing you have to take into consideration with the sleeper rankings is the sleeper rankings look at total points. Atlanta hasn't been on their bye yet, so he has an entire week of points added to his show and compared to comparative to others. Yeah. If you look at his per game average, he's further down in the like quarterback rankings. Facts are facts, Matt. He's QB8. Matt, do you wish that you my facts? Do you wish that you had uh, Tom Brady right now? I honestly thought so when Brian mentioned that, you know, he said he thinks Mariota might be starting next year. I like was very close to being like, well, then I'll take Tom Brady since he's not starting next year. But Brian also is holding out for like a second for Brady or something. Yeah, like that. That's too high. He's going to try and get as much as he can. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to give up my second just to have a filler quarterback for the, my, you know, bye weeks. Yeah. Brady's a weird one. I don't know. I don't like, I feel like the divorce means he could play a little bit longer, but yeah, you really got so unlucky bad. with how that Cam Akers trade turned out. I kind of there was a week there where it looked like you might have gotten a steal, but I think at this point it's kind of like and this is the league, a lot of these league trades have come down to timing, right? Like the Zach Wilson trade, like you would not have been able to do that trade after what just happened last week. That was like an, an abysmal game from Zach Wilson. Or the Clyde Edwards Alaire trade, like perfect timing for Mike. Michael Thomas trade for Anga, like. These kind of so much of fantasy football trades, it's like a week to week thing. So mm-hmm. you just got to find Brian on the white week. Unfortunately, this is the week that you need a quarterback. So that makes it a little bit harder. I just need Lamar to put up the the numbers of two quarterbacks and I'll be fine. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're starting as backup. So you're going to get all the quarterback <laughs> points from That's, that was the game plan <laughs> down. I still get Huntley's points. I can't wait to see a wide receiver running back throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, that would be funny. Sloan, this is where you come in with like the cannibalization of starting two QBs from the same team. Oh, it's not a good idea. I mean, if you have no other (laughs) no other option, then you're kind of forced into doing that. I'm surprised Mike's not doing that with whatever Kansas Kansas City's backup is. I mean, it's pretty sad when you look at the available QBs on waivers right now of you know, Manny Wilkins. Uh, I guess that's just the the top guy that popped up. I don't even know who that is. Teddy Bridgewater, Cooper Rush, Minshew. I mean, like, zero projected points, right? All the quarterbacks are taken yeah. and, and a lot of backups are taken as well. I, mean, I wouldn't I three... mind a speculative Joe Flacco ad here or Mike White. Yeah, who's going to get hurt? Matt, I would go for like, do you think Zach Wilson could get benched this game? I think there's a decent chance. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Mm-hmm. It could, it could, it could be Flacco out there. I mean, Buffalo is yeah. going to smoke them. They can't That's kill true. Zach Wilson's confidence. Like when he throws a second pick, he I'd might just go to the they, sideline. Yeah, maybe they just literally hurt Zach Wilson. Take yeah. my game. <laughs> give me a, give me a Saints gate right now in Buffalo. I Great. hope I've inspired Great you likes. to make a, a different starting QB decision, but. Who knows? I, I think it'll be fun. Whoever goes in the lineup. All right. We talked about Matt's trade Sloan. You had a big one this week. You decided it was time to get rid of Devonte, even though this is your year to compete. Talk us through the decision. Talk us through the trade. So the decision good about it, this might be the, 
thing that I've actually thought about the most when it comes to fantasy and the impact of it and what it's going to do for me this season. I was on Reddit, as I think a lot of us are. We look at several different uh, subreddits related to fantasy football, and I think we all try to get an edge by doing that. I know for a fact I'm not the only one that does that. So I was looking on Reddit and there was a post, I'm not going to say which subreddit, but there was a post about whose fantasy value is worth a first round pick right now that is only going to go down and down in the comments, not even up high, not too many upvotes. I saw Devonte Adams because he was the only player I had that was mentioned. And I thought, you know what? I started thinking about it. The Raiders have played poorly this season. I don't think they really care. They're not in it. They're not going to make the playoffs. Devontae Adams is going to turn 30 next season. And I think when you put that three at the beginning of his age, not many people are going to want to trade for him, especially as a wide receiver. And I thought, you know what? There's got to be someone out there who would want him. My first thought was not Brian. I didn't think he would want him because to me, it seems like there's no reason that Brian should take him. Brian's a tanking team. The only reason he would take him is to try to stay away from Waffle House. And maybe that's why he took him. But I would not have done that if I was Brian. So we texted about it a little bit. I tried to do as much research as possible. I sent the the proposal to Brian and he was interested in it. Um, I actually think I had offered him... We were talking about Brandon Cooks, but I thought I was talking about Devontae Adams And when I asked for a first-round pick. And he said, I don't want Brandon Cooks, but I'll do Devontae Adams for a first-round 2023. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's exactly what I want. But then his willingness made me think I'm doing something wrong. So then I told him, okay, I'm going to sleep on this, and then I'll text you about it uh, tomorrow morning, which was this past Sunday. So I thought about it a little more. And I texted Josh indirectly about it to try to get his thoughts about Devonte Adams worth. And then I just, without texting Brian again, I just sent that trade over and I didn't even know he accepted it until a little later in the morning. And I thought, okay, sweet. And I just didn't think Devonte Adams was going to help me that much. I don't think he would have been that guy to put me into contention. Once I get into the playoffs, I don't think he's going to be the guy who's going to win me the title. So I said, you know what, I'll take the, the chance and, and the risk and send him to Brian and take what could be a top three pick in next year's draft. And as of right now, I'm pretty happy with it. Devonta Adams scores, what, less than two points this past week, and Brian finishes dead last in the league. What do you think, and You Josh? finish first. You finish first. Finish, <laughs> right. Isn't that great? What do I think? I think this is a why I've stopped using Reddit. This is like the perfect example of why I, I went through some phase where I was like reading every post, like, yes, Dynasty Fantasy Football. I read that. I read that post that you're talking about, Sloan, on the Dynasty Fantasy Football subreddit. I'm sure it. you did. I'm sure I other people it. in the in the and every time did. I read those posts, I just roll my eyes because that people who comment on that are losers. Like that is it's eternal losers, people who don't know how to win a league all they care about is value and at a certain point your team will come to a a time where it's like this is when i'm going to win like this is my window right and 
maybe Devonte Adams value will never be higher than a first. Like maybe you're getting, you're selling him at the peak value in terms of like picks. So like, and, and that's what they always determine when they say peak value, they mean picks, but they never talk about peak value in terms of championships, right? Like Devonte Adams peak value for you to win a championship is right now, right? Like, it's not like, you know, like it's right now it's this year it's next year. Like these are the two years of his window. So I think for a team like yours, Devonte Adams makes perfect sense to have on the team. I understand wanting to like, you know, cash out a little bit, but this comes back to the idea of injuries. You get one injury. You're basically don't have any bench players that can play for you and like be reliable players at this point. So I think you keep Devonte like, my whole team is structured this way. And this is what I said, fuck Reddit last year, like during the off season, when I made that Cooper cup, Travis Kelsey Hopkins trade, because I was just like, I just want to win. Like you play to win. And I think trading Devonte for a first is a play to get value like in picks. And so that is why I think it's a weird trade for you simultaneously a very weird trade for Brian. Yes, it's a fine value for Devontae Adams, in my opinion. He's a good receiver. But, you know, I when I think about rankings, player rankings, player values, player values are relative to your team state. You should have a rebuilding ranking set and a competing ranking set, like when you think about it, and, and somewhere in the middle. So Devontae Adams on Brian's He's a rebuilding team. A rebuilding ranking list should be very low, maybe even lower than Deontay Johnson. They should be about even. So I don't understand why you're trading away Deontay Johnson immediately after trading for Devontae Adams. Like, I I just, I think on this one, I, I texted Brian about it because I was confused. He felt, felt like it was good value, which I totally understand. But I think you almost double down on the mistake by then trading away a good young asset. Yes, in a distressed situation, but you have all you have is time. And Deontay Johnson's value is maybe about as low as it's ever been in the last two years. So I don't know. That's a lot of thoughts. But I was very opinionated on these trades. I thought they were two very weird ones for all parties involved. Mike, I think, is the biggest winner out of the four trades. Getting Deontay for that value, I thought that was killer. So that was my thoughts. Matt, what would you think? Yeah, you mentioned just a minute ago about, you know, these trades, like the timing is so huge. Mike, in my mind, is such a big winner because Claypool is now out of the picture in Pittsburgh. You think like you think in terms of next year, right? Because I actually in our other league, I was texting a dude about or message the guy about Deontay Johnson trying to get him. And the guy's response was, no, I'm not selling him because imagine Deontay Johnson, who's only going to be like 26 or 27 with second year Kenny Pickett and no Claypool. Like Deontay Johnson's already been a target share monster. You get Kenny Pickett back in the system again. Maybe the Steelers upgrade their offensive line, you know, but Claypool, somebody else that's like getting targets is now gone. So I think Deontay Johnson is a lot better in that aspect. Um, just like, you know, with everybody around him, hopefully getting better. I agree. I think for you, Sloan, my biggest confusion on the deal was like outside of Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, the rest of your wide receiver course, not that great. 
Brandon Ayuk has been stellar the last three weeks, but that's also been with Debo Samuels out and like getting hurt. So I don't know if he's going to be able to perform like he has, you know, you've been Devin Duvernay has been fine. Gabe Davis is very, very, very boomer bust. I I took a hit tonight with Brandon cooks being a a healthy scratch due to his frustration with uh, not being moved at the trade deadline. So that does hurt me. I didn't expect that. I was hoping he was going to get traded to a better team, but true. Yeah. I would expect that. Again, timing of stuff. Yep. You know, Cooks doesn't get dealt. The Texans dropped the ball. Now he's pouting. You got to hope for his release now. There's rumors that he might get released because he's like wants to just hold out. So Cooks. Yeah. Yeah. There are there are talks of Brandon Cooks getting released and then signing elsewhere. So well, well I don't see the point in just like not playing tonight because you can't get traded until the offseason. So what are you doing? Yeah, you're not going to get any money like you're not going to get paid more to play. You have a contract right now and you have to uh, play by it. I mean, Texans suck, though. So it's like, do you want to waste a year of your career playing for a shitty organization? I get that. And he's not getting any younger as well. He's also 29 and he's been on some some better teams with some better quarterbacks in the past. So I get his frustration. and I don't know why Houston didn't trade him. So this is why you don't trade Devontae Adams, though, because then you're left starting Devin DuVernay right now. I don't know if Devontae Adams is going to be too helpful for me to win a title. Is it just because you don't think like he's going to be consistent enough or you just don't believe in him? As a... I don't believe in the Raiders. I think it's just... I, their team has been bad. I don't think the team is bad. They just haven't won a lot of games and they're not going to make the playoffs. So they don't have any motivation to, I don't know, perform well. I, that's just my thought process. And look at last week, he scored 0.7. I mean, I, I think that, that it's his second lowest he's ever scored in his career, which can't be a good thing. He's still wide receiver nine for the year and has already after his bye. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, this was a this was definitely an anomaly, but but I, I mean, I put I up 190 with... last week, Josh. I'm, I know it was a big week and it's kind of lucky. Also but... an anomaly. Also, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like this is the this is the luck side of fantasy football that you get into, and that at the end of the day, decisions that don't you know, in my opinion, make the most sense, you can still end up benefiting from them and 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 it is true sloan like you this won't end up being a decision like you may lose this year and Devonte may have brought you a championship but there's so much luck involved in that is Devonte's weeks 14 through 17 is he going to be a stud then that's really what it's all going to come down to so at the end of the day you know like cashing in on some of that especially when you saw my team bulk up so much i think that was another big thing for you like seeing my team like make two huge bets for this year. Well, and that's sort of why I traded away Devonte Adams. Cause I knew if yeah. I lose this season, Devonte Adams value is not going to be as high as it is now. Brandon cook, same way. I have several other players who are in that situation. So I thought to myself, okay, I think Josh is going to win this season. I might as well start making moves that don't hurt me. I, I should start making moves that are going to help me more in the future than they hurt me now because I don't think the odds of me winning are that high anyway this season. So I might as well start planning for next season, but not shoot myself in the foot 
uh, by trading away someone who I think is going to actually produce a lot and help me win. If I do win, I don't think it's going to be because of Devontae Adams. And I'd love to go back and check after the season. I mean, the ends could justify the means, but at the end of the day, do you want better starting players on your team when you're a contending team? That's the fundamental question. I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I'm happy with my pick. I think you got, you got good value. I think it's a good trade. When Deontay hits 30, you're right. Nobody's going to want to trade for him. Same as nobody would really trade me a first right now for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think I could get a 23 first for him, even though he's balling. He looks like a, he's a, yeah, he's a baller, but like, I don't think people would trade for him at 30 years old. I mean, he did just come off the injured year, but you know, it's a, you have to find the right team. And, and, and I think what we've talked about too, so far is it's all about timing. Like, Brian may be able to get a first for Devonte next year. If a contender gets a player injured and they're like, shit, I want to compete right now. Fine. I'll give away a 24 first for him, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to know when to time the market on fantasy football trades. And a lot of it is luck. You know, you never know what's going to happen, but that's what I think Brian's trying to do with someone like Tom Brady. That's what he probably is trying to do with Devonte Adams. He'll help secure his spot not at Waffle House. This definitely helps him avoid having to go to Waffle House. And he doesn't even own his pick anymore this year. So he doesn't really have a reason to try and be bad. So I don't mind it. Any other thoughts from you, Matt? Well, before we get to Matt, you know, I could trade this pick before the deadline and get an even better player than Devontae Adams to help me push past you. Like who? I don't know. I just Maybe I got something would... in the works, Josh. I don't, I don't think it's possible unless you package them with something else. I'll take Kelsey. I'm sure you would. And I would take two firsts for Kelsey. And maybe <laughs> I still wouldn't even do it. Like, that's what I'm saying though. Kelsey to me, like, yes. Is, would, would he be a player in that Reddit post? Like players whose value is never going to be higher. Travis Kelsey. It's been said that way for the last three years. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, you just want to win. And like, if somebody came to me, was like, I'll give you two firsts for Kelsey. I probably would say no right now because it's like, this is it. Like I I have to win this year. So, you know, you're going to be stuck with Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook and Tyreek Hill, three aging assets that don't really fit your timeline. You know, like when do you consider their value will never get higher than what it is? I don't know. It's a tough question. I'm not saying you did the wrong thing. I'm just saying you aligning your team is, I feel like a big part of, of dynasty. Yeah. I agree. It was a risk, uh, and I'm excited to see how it plays out over the course of the rest of the season. Matt? Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything new or different to add to that, I think. I'm excited to see how these things move. I'm more excited to see what will transpire over the course of from now till next Thursday, especially if we have more like wildness in the middle of this table. I think we could see a lot of people make some moves. Yeah, I'd like to see some more mixing up in the table results. You know, like it would be nice to, I don't know. I I guess I'd like having the five teams at the bottom, I think is what's going to be really fun because will some of them start to panic? Well, who knows? All right. I think we covered Brian's trade or Mike and Brian's trade for Deontay. I think we went over that. The last one was uh, me trading Curtis Samuel for Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, 
I guess I didn't really need to have another running back, even though I wouldn't have been able to start one. But I unfortunately traded Deonta Foreman um, for Michael Thomas. I told Ongood I'm a Michael Thomas addict, which is very factually true. Um, I love him. I love players who are really good and then get injured or suspended. Those are my two favorite attributes in a fantasy football player. Um, so he was a great fit for my team. Uh, the only, the only, uh, exception to that is Deshaun Watson. So, um, yeah, he was, he fit in well with Hopkins and Ridley. Um, so we'll, we'll see him next year. He's going to come back a stud. He'll have had three years off. Um, so I'm feeling good about Michael Thomas. How old is Um, he? 29. Whoa. But you saw Hopkins this year. Yeah. Slant God back. But yeah, I just needed another running back. Curtis Samuel, fine wide receiver. You know, I have a billion wide receivers and I, and I honestly thought Kareem Hunt was going to get traded at the NFL deadline. So I kind of made a little bit of a bet there. I think it was a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bet I was fine with. I think even after this year, I think the team that he goes to, like he's still got a lot of juice left. So I feel good about him being at least relevant for at least a year or two in the future. So that was the idea. I don't know. Any thoughts either of you have on that? It was a smaller one. I think I was a little confused by it until I looked at your roster and realized that you, you did need a a running back. Yeah. So that was it. It was a good, good one for one swap. Colin Mm -hmm. gets a little bit younger, gets a player that's equally as productive. So, all right, Matt, this is why you're on the podcast. Let's talk about your team. We've hit on it a little bit. You know, you're you're in the playoffs as of right now. I think much to your not maybe much because you did trade your first to start the season, but what you expected to be. I don't think after the Cordero Patterson trade you were feeling or injury you were feeling great, but you've managed to get here. You know, how are you feeling at this point? Um, Kenneth Walker has been a saving grace for you that Rashad Penny injury could have been predicted. Um, and it was looking ugly for Ken Walker before that the team's looking better than it was heading into the year. The lack of depth is still the primary issue, but any other thoughts, like how are you feeling at this point, knowing that you have no first, but you're still definitely contending for the playoffs and have some picks. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of thinking about this, you know, we've been the, a big narrative in the season is, Oh, how unlucky has Brian been with, you know, players getting traded and then retraded and guys getting hurt and then picking up a backup and then they get replaced and all that stuff. And I was thinking about, man, you know, there's always two sides of the coin. And I personally feel like I have been a big benefactor of having things fall just how I needed them to kind of keep me afloat. That's true. Rashad Penny going down. Kenneth Walker scored a touchdown in all four games he started. Mm-hmm. I was blessed that he was able to play against the Chargers, who have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. You know, um, I doubled down in the draft on Tyler Algier um, in anticipation if Patterson got hurt or lost the job. Has Algier been great? No. Wish I would have started him last week. The Falcons also play the Chargers this week. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping maybe Algier can give me a little boost. 
Kadarius Tony looked dead in the water. He's now in Kansas City. Time will tell, but there's at least a small glimmer of hope in that aspect. Um, AJ Brown looks really good in Philly. Jamar Chase goes down. So now T Higgins is the number one in Cincinnati. Like Mark Andrews, when he's out, Isaiah likely looks like the next coming of, you know, the him and Dolchich look like the next two greatest tight end duo. Um, so I've had a lot of, a lot of small things. Have and gone. Josh Palmer with Williams and Keenan Josh Allen. Palmer, Josh Palmer yeah. is now the wide receiver in LA. Like it's I him. Know. That's crazy. You know, they don't have anybody else, him and Deandre Carter, if anybody wants to add him. Um, so, you know, that's huge for me this week. Um, it's been, yeah, like I said, it's been a small collection of things. And I'm like, man, this has been really nice. And this has been really nice. And, and Daniel Jones, top 10 fantasy QB. That's in times, huge. baby. He is the white Jalen Hurts. Um, so much I'm, worse at throwing the ball, but yeah, oh, he can run. He's, he's a good runner. Baby, baby Josh Allen. Um, yeah. It's been, it, you have had some very good breaks this year because you haven't had the depth. Um, but like somehow it's, you've managed. Like at this point, your starting lineup is pretty reasonable. And, you know, you, you have Cordero coming back. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly, at this point. I don't know if he'll take the backfield back, but, um, you know, you got Malik Willis in his first start. Not that it was anything spectacular with the 1.4 fantasy points, but things have worked out. Okay. I mean, I feel like probably the biggest miss for you has outside of Ken Walker and, and that was uh, lucky, but outside of Ken Walker, the rookies likely has been okay, but that's never going to be like somebody reliable, at least while Mark Andrews is there. So the rookie story has been a little bit tough between Tolbert, James cook, you know, Malik Willis to a certain extent, those are kind of tough misses to see. Yeah, uh, James James Cook's been really rough, especially with the Bills trading for Naheem Hines, which really pissed me off because last week he's got his highest snap share. If you look at like yards per touch, James Cook, I'm pretty sure is third in the NFL. I'm just like, feed the kid the ball. And then they go, oh, hey, we're going to get a replacement for you. So I'm just hoping with Cook, Singletary's on his contract year. Maybe they decide to let him go. Cook takes the Singletary role. Hines stays in as like the backup, but that's a, you know, a pipe dream. You have a good team. When you're fully loaded and not hurt, you have a good team. Uh, T Higgins with Jamar Chase being hurt. Uh, We already talked about uh, Josh Palmer, uh, Algier, and with Kenneth Walker just balling out i mean you have a good team and we saw last season all you have to do is make the playoffs and you have Mm -hmm. a shot at winning tommy barely made the playoffs last year i mean there were a lot of teams competing for that fourth and final playoff spot and he made it in and he won the whole thing and once we get to that point that could be all you matt yeah and that's you know that's the hope like my goal number one right now is to make the playoffs i don't have my first I would love to finish as high as I possibly can uh, to kind of like mitigate that drop. Um, So we'll see, we'll kind of see how things go this week. And if I need to get aggressive on making a move that, you know, still allows me to have 
I have a couple seconds right now, a couple thirds, a couple fourths in the draft. So I'd love to still have some darts at the board, but you know, would also love to kind of revitalize the team a little bit and give it a boost to, to edge out Tommy. But, you know, on the flip side too, like Tommy's team has been hit not hard, but you know, chase going down at this point, Keenan Allen re-injuring his hamstring on the bye is so brutal. Um, the Bateman season ending IR today. Yeah, Bateman's done. Um, you know, and Connor I'm, injury. James Connor's been out a lot this year. Amon Ra's been hurt a ton. Like, you know, he's battled for he has, sure. He has, yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see where it lies. I like, you know, to if you had told me at the beginning of the season that I would be, you know, week nine holding down the fourth spot, I would have told you you were stupid. I would have said I'm probably like sitting at sixth, like on the outside looking in. Um, but hey, man, we're happy to be here. I think my hot take when uh, we had the podcast at Boys Weekend was you going to Waffle House. So I'm happily surprised to see that you're competing for a playoff spot. Mike said it too when uh, when he was interviewed. Um, you know, he said he didn't think he was going to make the Waffle House. And Josh was like, oh, well, who are some other names? And the first one out of his mouth was mine. <laughs> Receipts have been kept. <laughs> Matt's coming back with a vengeance. He's going to go buy whoever it is that ends up going there a waffle mm-hmm. um, when it ends up happening and remind them. But I'm, I'm happy for you, Mike. It's fun to, uh, or Matt, sorry, I don't know why I said Mike. <laughs> I just said his name. Um, it's fun to have like a bit of competition for that fourth spot because I think we thought it would be a bit bland um, yeah. you know, outside of, and, and like you said, Tommy's just been decimated by injuries, so. That's made it a lot easier to potentially compete. He's still got King Henry, but, you know. Chubb. And Chubb. Those two guys are, they're carrying him. If he didn't have those two, it would be a a dark year for sure. We talk about how how good Justin Fields has been too. Mm -hmm. The last five weeks. He stepped it up. He is turning into something. And they just gave him Chase Claypool. Yeah, that helps. And and they've been a very run-heavy offense as well, which mm -hmm. is – is kind of a, a good thing and a bad thing for a quarterback. It depends on who's running, but adding another good wide receiver doesn't hurt. No, I will add one small token thing here. I think it is really interesting that should I take the fourth spot, all four playoff teams from last year will miss the playoffs. That's interesting. Really? Yeah. If, if I, if Tommy beats me, Tommy will be the only repeat playoff team. Because Dylan, Dylan was the third worst team. Wow. You were the fourth worst loan. I was the fifth worst. And Josh was the sixth worst or vice versa, whatever it was. Like we were teams three, four, five, and six. How did Dylan turn that around? For some reason, I thought he made the playoffs last season with how good he drafted in our startup draft. Mm-mm. Nope. He was he huh. was eligible to like he could have made the playoffs in the last week. Cause in our first season, the table, like the last week of the regular season had big implications. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tommy just decimated in the last week of the regular season. Well, so I don't even think playoffs. Tommy wasn't, he wasn't even that, uh, highly likely to make the playoffs in that last week of last season. Right. I think it was more of he a was long in shot first. for him. He was in first. Yeah. Was he? It was, okay. Yeah. It was like a five point spread between him and me, uh, one spot out of the playoffs. But I mean, Dylan's team just had a lot of injuries last year, I think was a thing. Etienne Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he had no Deshaun Watson. Cortland Christian Kirk bad. and Cortland Sutton were not good. Not good. Yeah. And Hollywood Brown, I think had cooled down a lot by that point. Like he had a hot start to the season. So 
he got good offseason moves. Like Dylan has, I mean, I, you know, he's had good benefit as well. Obviously his team is super good. So, but yeah, it's a, that would be cool if we had four brand new playoff teams, I think. And I could see it honestly switching up a lot next year too. I mean, I think, uh, I think Dylan's is the only team I would expect very likely to, you know, my team, maybe depending on what happens, but Dylan's team most likely to make the playoffs again next year. That really that- worries me. Right, that it can change year to year, even if you plan and strategy, you know, have have a good strategy for long term success. That's why it's so lucky. Like that's why you just have to capitalize on your window. All you can know is what's going on right now, and that's why Travis Kelsey becomes worth so much in the regular season because it's like mm-hmm. in the off season you're not going to want to buy him because it's like thirty three year old tight end. But when you're making a run for the championship, like do you want a tight end that scores twenty points a week? Yes, and that's that's the one I would say that is the the hardest position to get a high scoring player in, yeah, or at least a player that scores consistently higher than the rest of the pack. Yeah, it's I, Kelsey Andrews and then Zach Ertz, I think, is like the tight end three this year. I, and even yeah. if you look at Kelsey and Andrews on a points per game average, Kelsey is outscoring Andrews by, I think, four and a half points every week. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, a lot of that due to not a lot of it, but that four touchdown game is huge. But I mean, even then consistently Kelsey's been the dude and Andrews is still like a step below him. And then it's a massive drop to, you know, the Ertz, Goddard, Hawkinson, Najoku. It all even. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like everybody's within, you know, tight end three to tight end 25 are all averaging, you know, plus or minus like three and a half points of each other. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's why he's an untouchable asset, but I don't know. I think you're in, in good shape, Matt. I, I like the team. Do you have any moves that you're thinking about as we get closer to the trade deadline? Are you trying to get anything done? Are you going to sit tight, add a little bit more depth? You know, at this point, you probably have to give up your picks in order to do so. Like, is it worth it to you right now? And that's what makes it tough, right? Is it because mm-hmm. you're really just trying to make the playoffs at this point? If you actually make the playoffs, are you able to actually win the league? Do we, does a fourth place uh, playoff team get any money? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. It's well, like then, money back. I think yeah. that is how I would analyze trying to make a playoff run. Yeah. I mean, and I mentioned it earlier, you know, that I lowball Brian trying to get a quarterback. Yeah. Cause I'm not trying to, I'm trying to spend minimal amounts to improve my team a little bit without sacrificing some stuff for the future. Um, I've messaged a cut, you know, I've looked at some things messaged, um, you know, I talked to Colin about, um, Alan Lazard was that we had talked about, um, just like another, you know, potential flex type player, but we were so, so off on both ends of the spectrum that, you know, there's no point in continuing our discussions. So I don't know if I pissed Colin off with something or what, but <laughs> Colin is so hard. Colin has his totally own set of player valuations. It's so I will unique. say when I asked about <laughs> when I asked about Lazard, I did throw Dolchitz in there just as like a you know, of him being like, no, that's not enough for the two of them. I'd have been like, all right, what if we toss out Dolchich and then like do this? But <laughs> response was like, I'm not giving up those two for so little. So then I said, what about just Lazard? And the deal he threw back at me, I was like, Ooh, 
we were like Lazard. He likes it. We just went so far on the other end of the spectrum that I was like, yeah, no, nah, we just, we shouldn't waste our, I was like, I'm not going to do that. And he was like, yeah, sounds good. So I think it's really going to start to show who takes the time to determine these values and actually make good trades and, and value their players in the correct way. Cause I think we'll start seeing a split in the league of the people who are maybe a little more involved in fantasy football uh, with those who aren't. And uh, Josh, I think you're a good example of it. You spend a lot of time valuing your players and figuring out what moves you can make that add value to your team. And I think that's what got you to where you are. Yeah. I mean, I got to give a shout out to the minor league uh, team. (laughs) Wouldn't be here without you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The the farm farm system has been blessed. (laughs) It's been a good couple of years. But let's be honest, though. The the trades have not always worked out for me. I would not say the DJ Moore trade has been great. The, you know, getting Michael Thomas back as whatever. The trade I did for Calvin Ridley did not work out. Every, every, even though, you know, Angud and I have had our fair share of trades at this point, like the hits and misses it's just luck. I mean, like you can get guys, but the injuries are always going to be part of it. But I mean, if you look at our league now, we have a great balance of people who care being at the top and people who are less invested, you know, like Dylan spends probably the least amount of time of anybody, but he's the best team in the league. So, and and Mike spends the most and his team is at not the most, but maybe probably near the most actually. Yeah. But his team is at the bottom. So again, I think it's just a good lesson of like, it's a crap shoot. Mike will have his time in a couple of years where his team is probably nearer at the top. Um, but a couple injuries. I mean, this year the RBs are going to be nuts. Like he's going to be he's in the draft. Get some studs. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get some studs. Outside yeah. of who's it? Bijan Robinson. He's mm-hmm. like the number. Outside of that, I know nothing about next year's so draft. I actually today started piecing together some stuff for sending out like my first, like, Hey, here are the top rookies for next year at like positions just to throw some names out for you all. But there are a lot of, a lot of dudes you got, you have Bijan, you've got the Gibbs, Gibbs. Bama, um, Tucker or yeah. Tucker Charbonnet at UCLA is on a tear right now. Oh yeah. Tank. There's like, there's like five Ten. running backs who could go in the first two rounds. I I don't mm-hmm. think that's an overstatement. So it doesn't even include like a Blake Quorum from yeah. Michigan either, or so a lot of a lot of possibilities there. Yeah, last year's draft was a kind of a dud at running back outside of the top two, which I think was, I mean, Damian Pierce is good, so I guess maybe him is the third guy. But um, yeah, it's uh it's going to be a big year. So Michael get good players and. And his team is set up for success, so good for him. I can't wait to see who he has to drop to roster all those draft picks. That's the tough part. He's He's got some droppable guys. I'd say Ronnie Rivers, even though he's a fresh ad. Ronnie's out. Probably you're dropping no fans, uh, even though you don't want to. Gainwell, Gus. It, it'll be easy to make the decision, I think, when the time comes around. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's kind of a crapshoot. I see we have a guest joining us right now. Is this a surprise guest, Sloan? Did you arrange Surprise this? guest. I figured it would be good to get the other side of the of the Devontae Adams 
2023 first round draft pick trade did this did you invite him on the podcast in the midst of us recording or was i did yeah no this is spur of the moment uh i texted him about a half hour ago but he was on the road so (laughs) once he gets his his audio set up was he driving back from seymour brian were you driving your first drive back from seymour i was not thankfully won't have to do that for a couple more weeks okay well we're glad to have you on um, we're just wanting to learn about your perspective for the Devonte Adams trade. Uh, Matt and I both had some thoughts on it. I mean, I think we're both confused. I know you and I talked about it, so I understand your perspective, but I think it'd be good for the broader league to understand where you were at on that trade. Sloan already said his side, so we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So, um, there were a couple of things that, uh, made me interested in going forward with that. Um, the first of which was just I felt like it was pretty good value for who is, uh, you know, a player who's normally an elite level uh, fancy, fancy asset. Obviously, uh, this last week with his 0.7 point performance did not exactly uh, make me feel great about it. But I, I definitely think that should be an outlier. Um, so I felt like a single first even in 2023, um, even in what will probably be a top five or top six pick was, was pretty good value. So I, I started with that in terms of, you know, why I wanted to go forward with the deal. Um, I also felt like um, he's a player that even though he is 29 approaching 30, the way he plays, uh, he doesn't win um, exclusively with speed. So I think he's a, a type of wide receiver that even if he hits, even as he hits 30, uh, should be able to maintain value for a couple years. Um, I think probably for him, probably his like age 32 season is probably when I envision him starting to take a serious step back. Um, and then also like, I think, um, you know, kind of uniquely for my situation, like we've talked about my bad luck all year. And I feel like uh, the lesson that I've kind of learned from that, Josh is like the lesson that you were learning in the off season, or, you know, maybe the lesson you were getting ahead of in the off season is that like things can change, you know, at the drop of a hat in, in dynasty and like a player, you know, I had Jeff Wilson and I thought I had a locked in, you know, RB two for the rest of the season. I knew he would not be, you know, I knew he wasn't like a dynasty asset, but like I, I felt very confident that he was going to be a starting running back for me for the rest of the rest of the season and a single trade uh, completely, completely changed that, you know, and then um, Elijah Moore, uh, was a guy that like had a ton of potential, but you know, a couple bad weeks and some bad chemistry with, with Zach Wilson. And, and, you know, he's all, all of a sudden leaving the team and, you know, Elijah Mitchell gets injured and just kind of one thing after another, after another, that, that really tanked a lot of my, my high potential kind of mid tier players values. So I just felt like it was important to get as many, um, you know, reliable quality, uh, dynasty players as possible uh, there were a couple other smaller smaller reasons but I, I think those were were kind of my big ones um, keeping a first round pick with the the other trade with Mike was important for me I wasn't going to do Devonte without having that deal too so um, yeah I, I am curious to hear your guys thoughts on this I know it was a little bit of a break in tendency for me well, for the sake well, of no redundancy sorry uh, Brian you're gonna have to listen to our thoughts earlier in the episode on the podcast. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so any thoughts on what I had to say then? I, I think it makes sense. I mean, you know, 
you're getting a good player, right? Like there's still a 50% miss rate, even on running backs that we think are going to be really good or quarterbacks that we think are going to be really good. So with limited certainty, you know, you get a good player. You likely avoid Waffle House with the trade. I, I get it. I, I, you know, I, I understand why you would do it from a value perspective, but it does muddy the waters on your timeline for your team. So that's my thought. Matt Sloan, anything? None for me. I'm happy. Good. Well, it sounds like both people are happy. So that's a win. Well, I actually think, Brian, we're kind of at the end of the pod. We talked to Matt about his team. Anything else you want to shout out during your time while you're on here or anything anybody else wants to talk about? I got nothing. Can't wait to listen. It's going to be great. All right. Cool. Thanks to all you guys. It's been a good one. Appreciate it. Yep. Later.